Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Awesome. How was everyone's Christmas, everyone's New Year's? Was it amazing? Anyone else get totally sunburnt? I did. I won't drop my decks and show you. Um, but I got really sunburnt, man. So sunburnt. It was, man, it was painful. <sighs> was that inappropriate? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hey, um, it's, it's the third year in a row that I've now preached the first Sunday of the month. Save the applause for later. Um, pretty excited. Glenn and Debbie, pastors Glenn and Debbie, just want to say thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for just laying down an incredible legacy and just believing in so many people like myself. Just championing the local church, you guys are so good. Let's just give these guys some honor as well. Yeah, come on. Hey, well, I know you said, I know I said you could sit down, but we're going to do something a little different this morning. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to stand for the reading of the word. Can we do that? Can we give the word some honor this morning? Why don't we all stand to our feet? I'm going to be reading from 1 Peter 1 verses 6 to 9. And it says this, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. God, we thank you that this word is powerful. God, your word says that it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we pray that, Lord, you would bless us and our time together. God, we know that the Black Caps are also your favorite team. And on, on Tuesday, as they verse Pakistan, just give them all the blessing in the world. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Jesus and joy. Jesus and joy. You know, these aren't two words that often go together, Jesus and joy. Well, at least I don't think, you know, because I read the Bible, I read the New Testament. And, you know, Jesus was on a mission, you know. Jesus had things to do. You know, he had, man, he had to get through some stuff. You know, why is it that Jesus is not referenced often in the context of joy? I've been thinking a little about it this week, just a wee bit, and I think maybe it might have to do with the fact um, some of his representatives, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to like point out anyone here, but have you ever noticed that sometimes Christians can be some of the most sour bunch on the planet? Like we'll just say how it is. Lisa's shaking her head. She's like, "No, you're not. You're you're fun. We love you." I don't know. Have you ever met Christians that are too serious, though? Yeah? 
They say things like, anybody that dresses too nicely can't be Christian. We heard that one. Or they'll say things like, uh, you can only preach hellfire or brimstone. Or they say that if you swap around the letters of Santa, you get Satan. There's, there's just a few for you. There's just a few. We're, it's the first service of the year. We can have a bit of fun, right? Can I grab my water? Is that cool? But it's crazy to me that people think Jesus had no joy. You know, Jesus was not about pleasure. He was about purpose. He was about people and purity. You know, these are things that we get, you know, a little bit, a little bit uptight about. But I was thinking about it this week, and you read through this, the Bible, and you read that Jesus had a lot of fun. That Jesus had fun just for the sake of it, you know. I wonder if you've ever thought about the fact that maybe Jesus went to a wedding just for pleasure. You hear that word pleasure, and you're like, oh, don't know, preacher. It's a, it's a, not a Christian word, that one. <sighs> Guys, come on. This morning, I want to preach on joy. Who loves a bit of joy? Yeah. You know, I learned this week, actually, that the shortest verse in the Bible isn't Jesus wept. That's the English translation, shortest verse. The shortest verse in the Bible in Greek is found in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, and it says this, Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. You know, I'm not a big New Year's resolutions kind of guy, mostly because whenever I try them, I always seem to never follow through. I don't know if anyone else has that problem. But for me, my biggest resolution this year was to constantly have a joyful attitude. And so this morning, I want to preach on joy. And I love Rick Warren's definition of joy. He says this, Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise Him in every situation. Joy is really close to my heart because for me, when I think about joy, I think about Christians, I think it's probably the most attractive thing that we have. Joy is the most attractive thing about Christianity, in, in my opinion. It's the proof that what we have is authentic, genuine, and real. And so this morning, what I want to do is just want to share um, just from a story in the Bible. It's found in Acts chapter 8. And I just want to demonstrate a bit of joy with this story. Um, We good for that? Cool. Let's go. I'm using an old school Bible today. Here we go. And so we started out... And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. We'll come back to that word. And this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or somebody else? And Philip started with his passage and shared the wonderful message of Jesus. As they were traveling down the road, the man said, look, here is a pool of water. Why don't I get baptized right now? And Philip replied, if you believe with all your heart, 
I'll baptize you. The man answered, I believe that Jesus is the anointed one, the Son of God. And the Ethiopian stopped his chariot. They went down into the water. Philip baptized him. The Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. But he went on his way happy. He went on his way happy. I love that. I love that. He went on his way happy. Or in some translations, joyful. You know, the story in Acts talks about a eunuch. And uh, the course of this week, I'm trying to, trying to find the most uh, PG, most politically correct um, definition that I could because we are in church and we can't say certain things. So here it is. Here's my definition of eunuch for you. It's a man or a boy who has been castrated or deprived of his... And then, and then I'll leave it there. You want to scrunch up your face and be, oof, you want to do that? No. So this is a story of a man that's had his uh, manhood completely stripped from him. And he's traveling along the road and he's reading the word of God. And this man, Philip, runs along beside him and he starts to share the message of Jesus with him. And as he shares this, the eunuch says, hey, there's some water. Like, why can't I get baptized right now? And so he does, and he gets baptized. And then it says that the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And after all of this, the eunuch walked away happy. Man, I love that. This morning, my message title is, You Just Need a Little Joy. Turn to your neighbor and say, You Just Need a Little Joy. This morning, I believe that joy can only come from God. And I want to give you three keys from the story on how to get joy. Was that just you then? Yeah. Josh loves the three-point sermons, eh? Man, who doesn't? You know the preacher's really Christian when he does a three-point sermon. It's, that's true. Three keys on how to get Joy. And so my first key today is this, to not allow your circumstances to dictate your posture. You have a man here who had nothing, in my opinion, not a lot. He had no real reason for joy. But in Jesus, he found everything. The eunuch didn't allow his circumstances to dictate his posture or his attitude You know, we live in a generation today that seeks happiness. You know, whether it's gratification in a like or on Facebook, whatever it is. And, you know, happiness is not the same as joy. Happiness depends on what happens. It depends on your circumstances. And if you put your trust in happiness, you'll become victim of your circumstances. And we all know that circumstances change, but God never changes, right? We can say amen to that. You know, I have a couple of pet peeves in life. Um, one of them is Wilson's car parking. Man, charging premium rates for undeveloped land is disgusting. But uh, have you ever, this is the other one, have you ever heard someone say, I wasn't going to share that, but we can be honest. Have you ever heard someone say, when someone's going through a hard time, that you just need to be happy? 
You just need to smile more. You just need to accept your lot in life, you know. Just be happy. That's one of those things that, man, you, you can't be happy all the time. It, it's like impossible. I think the only exception is my mum, and she's probably crying with laughter right now. It's just, I don't know what it is, mum. You're cute. Um, my good friend Jack always used to say that happiness is fleeting, but joy is everlasting. I retweaked a few words to make you sound a little bit more intelligent, wherever you are. Where is he? It's not even now. Oh, man. So confidence. There he is. Hey, mate. Hey, let's give this guy a round of applause because he got married not long ago. Come on. Him and his beautiful wife, Kelsey. You guys. So confidence in Jesus gives us joy. And joy comes from Jesus and not our circumstances. You know, let me challenge you this morning. If you left the building and your car had been stolen or your house had been burgled, <laughs> Tracy would be praising the Lord. Um, but would you just lose all joy in life? Because if you answer yes to that question, then I could probably tell you that your joy doesn't come from God. And yeah, there'll be disappointment and whatnot, but joy must come from God. And so my point number one is to not allow your circumstances to dictate your posture or your attitude or any of those. And the story ends where it says he walked away feeling happy. My second point this morning is to draw closer to God. Now, the eunuch was just journeying along, and it says that on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. He was reading the Word of God. You know, many of us know God. We've had an encounter with God. Maybe we've grown up in a Christian home, and we know Him. But what God's truly looking for is a relationship with Him. God's looking for us to draw near to him, And I love the story of the eunuch, the joyful eunuch, because he was drawing closer to God. He was learning about him. He was studying his word. And I think God loves it most when we just get in his presence and we just enjoy his presence. Yeah? yeah I think it just brings his heart so much joy when we just get in close with him and spend time in his word. You know, that's what we were put on this earth to do is to live in relationship with him. And I'll just say it how it is. You can't have a relationship with Jesus if you're not reading the Word of God. You know, this book is powerful. You know, it seems crazy to me that we have a book on our bedside table that can change the world. Um, Just to sound like an old-time preacher, the devil's not afraid of a Bible with dust on it. There we go. There we go. Dad, actually, I grew up in a home where Dad used to say, no Bible, no breakfast. Yeah, I wasn't allowed breakfast until I read my word. <clears throat> yeah, thanks, Dad. Yeah. Yeah there, yeah, there we go. But I love that the Ethiopian eunuch was getting close with his father God. And so that's my point too tonight is to draw closer. Is this good? Are we getting something out of this? Cool, cool. And then last point is this, to always stay Hungry. And I think there's something that can be said for hunger. You know, there's something about 
hungering after God. And the eunuch invited Philip to come and sit with him, to come and read the word together, even then said, you know, why can't I get baptized? Like there was such hunger inside of him. And Daz was around a couple of months ago. He had just come back from his time in Nigeria, in Africa. And he said that there was one thing that set the people apart from anyone else that he had ever met. And he said that was the hunger they all had, the hunger that the people had. And I love that the eunuch in this story was hungry for Jesus. You know, when the Bible says that when you come to him, he's not going to give you stone, but he'll give you bread. The Bible says that he will cause your cup to overflow. That, you know, when we hunger after God, we're not going to be left empty-handed. But God is actually going to meet us where we're at. And I love that about God. He's the God of more than enough. In Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, it says, When your words came, I ate them. I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. He found his joy in God, the happy eunuch. Man, what a happy story. You know, we had the story of the eunuch, Acts chapter 8. If you flick a few chapters back to Mark 10, there's another story, and it's the story of a young rich man, which some of us may be familiar with. It goes something like this. You had this young, very, very rich, wealthy man who runs to the feet of Jesus, and he says, Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replies, he says, sell everything, like give everything you have to the poor and then come and follow me. Sounds easy, right? We could all do that. I don't know. <clears throat> and then right at the end of the story, he hears this and the story ends this way. It says, he walked away feeling sad. He walked away feeling sad. And so you have two polar opposite stories. You have one man the eunuch who walked away happy, he found Jesus, he found his joy. And the other who walked away sad. You know, the young rich man was so close. He was doing everything right, but he didn't have joy because his happiness was in all the wrong things. His joy was in all the wrong things. You know, it's so easy in this world to find happiness in all sorts, but that's not where joy comes from. And I love the story of the Ethiopian eunuch because he understood that nothing can come close to the joy that's found in God. Billy Holiday says this, if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity. <laughs> it's cool. And I'm inspired by the story of the eunuch because he found his joy. He walked away with joy because he didn't allow one his circumstances to dictate his posture he drew closer to God, and he stayed hungry. Could we get the band up? Is that cool? You know, and there was a sense of urgency that went with the eunuch as well. He said, you know, tell me, please. Like he was, man, there was this urgency. There was this hunger within him. You know, and I want to say this morning that joy is a choice. And the choice simply begins with knowing Jesus. You know, know Jesus and you know, you'll know joy. I truly believe that. <clears throat> and so as we head into a new year, I pray that this revelation of joy is something that we would carry throughout our year, something that we would carry throughout our lives, that this would be foundational for us as a church. You know, what better way to kick off the year than being joyful? Yeah?
Can I get some smiles? Yeah? Yeah, to be joyful. And so why don't we all stand to our feet? I'm going to pray. God, we just thank you for your joy in this place. God, we thank you for your joy. We read right at the beginning that your word says we believe in you and we are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. God, I just thank you that you cause our cups to overflow. Lord, you give us the oil of gladness, the oil of joy. Lord, you give us bread instead of stones. Lord, when we come to you that we never lack anything. And so God, I thank you for a revelation of joy in this place this morning. God, I pray that you would bless us as we go out our separate ways. In Jesus' name. And all those people said, amen. Cool. Hey, let's go out with the praise song, guys.